Go ahead, my man. Keep talking. Yeah, I was just saying how like we, you know what I'm saying, we communicate uh individually different because it's it's something that comes from our, you know what I'm saying, our our evolution. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's a survival thing, man. So like yeah. when women when you ask a woman what she want to eat and she don't have a she's not decisive about it, a lot of times that's that's learned behavior, dude. It's like women never have to make those decisions. If you think about it, women only been in the workforce about 50 years, bro. Not just that, so, but if you go man, back to the if you go back to the beginning, we were going out banging dinosaurs over the head, saber tooth. Whatever we bring home is what we eating. Cook this. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Before women actually joined the workforce, yeah, they went grocery shopping and shit like that. But in general, men were the ones bringing home the provisions. You know what I'm saying? If it's roast beef tonight, we came up. Right. If it's fucking neck bones and beans and rice, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you have choice, when you present choice to people, especially like people who don't necessarily have the, the capacity mm -hmm. to make certain decisions, they struggle with those choices. That's why menus confuse the fuck out of someone. Man, a woman sit there and stare at the menu for 30 damn minutes if she ain't really sure what she want to eat. And you be sitting there looking at them like, it's McDonald's. Like, it's the same shit that been there for 30, 40 years. How do you not know what you want? And then they go... The, the 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 cashier goes, welcome to McDonald's. Can I help you? And they go, um, how many nuggets is how many how, how much is six nuggets? The same as it's always been, baby. Like it ain't it ain't changed. <laughs> well, well, what if I don't want the nuggets? What if I want two hamburgers? Two, what if I want two cheeseburgers? The, can I substitute the ketchup for Cholula? Like what the fuck? My like, what? <laughs> And, and you'd be sitting there and it's like, a, this is your first time at McDonald's lady? <laughs> and as a man, I always sit there and I look, I was like, yeah, this is another example that they don't, you know, it's, it's not all women, but the, there, there is a certain group of women that know what they want to eat. And when they go in there, you can hear them when they, when they order it, because they order the shit enough to know that I'm, I know what I'm getting and I know what I'm getting my kids. You know what? I'm about to, I was about to say that the ones who are very decisive are the ones who got young children. Yeah. They have to be because otherwise they, they kids going to have them in there just as long as they in there because kids pick up on that behavior. If yeah. a woman just goes and she's like, damn, I got to take these kids. I don't feel like cooking. We're going to McDonald's. She got to already know what she want because guess what? She ain't just ordering for her. Yeah, because what, what they do, because I know I noticed my mom do, did it and I noticed uh, other people, other uh, young ladies uh, I have as friends who do, who do it. They'll go, what y'all want to eat? And all of them have something different. And she'll say, well, we go in here and then you getting this, you getting this and you getting this. And that's right. the end of it. You know yeah, what I mean? Because it's one of those things also. And we're talking. We're talking a scenario where like the woman is that active because and if, it, if they get that active at that capacity, odds are they might be single. You know what I'm saying? Because if it's a family situation where the man is in the house and he's actually contributing in that, in that capacity, then you get a different dynamic in that decision making. Yeah. Because a lot of the times they don't want to be in charge of that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's like, like that's because think about it, man. It's like you got it's a hierarchy. You have uh, if the man is the head of the house, then in general he's the conductor of the orchestra. Mm -hmm. and, you know what I'm saying? And then the woman is the you know, the wife is the lead instrument. You see what I'm saying? She's the lead instrument because the conductor wave his hand, the lead instrument sets the tempo and the tone of the song and then the children are the background instruments they're learning to to flow and, and improvise to make sure everything flows cohesively but when you don't have that hierarchy in place 
You know what I'm saying? You're putting her out of her natural element if she's not trained and ready for that. Because it takes training to be the head of the household, bro. Absolutely. A lot of people don't have that type of upbringing and training, man. Yeah, not just the upbringing and training, but that's why your ass get a dog, you know, or a parrot or some shit before we start doing shit like that, because I need to know. <laughs> yeah, on some real shit. Like, yeah, you, I need to you, know. You can't, you can't even take care of a house plant. You probably shouldn't even have children. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't keep fish alive, Yep. If you can't keep a turtle alive, I, I, I probably shouldn't be uh, worried about mating with you. You know what I mean? And this is one of those things, man. It's, it's interesting, but you know. Hey, Aisha. She needs to unmute her camera. Okay. Uh, can you hi. hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Thanks hey, for joining guys. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you accepting the invite and you know it was it was one of those things where i like i told you i've been following your posts and watching you work and i'm always in the background just seeing things and you know i post random craziness you know saying yeah. the consciousness and stuff like that but i told my cousin you know Corey, i said you know what i think yeah. i'm gonna uh ask aisha if she wants to be on the podcast and <laughs> what he, he, he was like Hey, you should go ahead and do that. He said, I, he said, you guys got something going on. And he said, I, I, I've been peeping it out. So let's see, let's see how that works. I said, yeah, she, you probably, you are probably the most consistent when it comes to promoting your business and just your family oriented. So that, that's very, that's a different, that's different on my timeline, on my newsfeed. Thank you. I appreciate that. I try very hard to stay consistent. Absolutely. That's important. Um, I was consistency telling, uh, is key. I was telling, oh, uh, just a brief uh, synopsis, giving them a, a you know a background, how we know each other and stuff like that. And like you know, grew up in the same neighborhood, went to the same grammar school. Don't I tell remember, them those stories. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> hey, she kicked me in the nose one time, dude. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> nah, well, yeah, um, and I was. I was thinking back before I sent you the invite, I was like, I remember Aisha used to uh, do the Hey Black Child <laughs> in our uh, school assemblies. Every I don't know year. How, every, yeah, you know. And that was right every, kinda... every class. Like, I'm like, well, I got to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, mind, like, that was my brief introduction to who you are, but tell us more about yourself. Tell us who you are, where you come from. Well, oh, that's a lot. Okay, so of course, my name is Aisha Robinson. You you remember me as Aisha Fry. Um, I come from off 79th Street. I was raised, born and raised, grew up over there, went to Oglesby Elementary, and then went to High Park Career Academy, graduated there. Then I did a few things before I jumped into the food lane. I yep. did hair. I was a cosmetologist for 20 years. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're we going to talk about that then. We're going to talk <laughs> about that. But it's weird because my customers would, would come and I would cook and do hair. So like it was crazy. Yeah. Kind of weird. Like maybe if I, they, they knew I liked to cook. I always liked to cook. So they would come up, they would come get their hair done and eat my leftovers. Wow. <laughs> mm. 
Okay. It, was, it was weird, but so that's, you know, I was always known for cooking, but it never dawned on me to cater. So what made you start out with cosmetology then? Um, because I always had that talent. Like, I, I, it was like art to me. So um, I'm in heavy in the arts. I like arts and crafts. I'm very crafty. So hair was kind of like art to me. Right. So I would do it. At a young age, I was doing my mom would wake me up and have me to roll her hair at night and, you know, things like that. And when the French roll came out, I would do a French roll in the morning before she'd go to work. I'm like 12. <laughs> okay. So I started kind of early with that. And it just stayed with me. It was something I could do that came natural to me and I could make money and raise my kids. So that basically, it was my whole thing to, to kind of like, not have to work so much and be awake because I had three kids plus I raised my little brother. So I was I was trying to stay home, something that I could do from home and still make money. So that's what I did. Okay, so you was uh, shampooing and chefing it up at the same time. Kind of, sort of. Like I said, a lot of it would be leftovers. So like they would come and they were like, I know you cooked last night, what you cooked? And then... <laughs> <laughs> they would just eat what I had left over in my refrigerator. So how did you transition from that to to uh, the culinary side? Um, my husband. Actually, when I met my now husband, um, it was his mom. Um, she they they owned his family owned a banquet hall. Okay. And and um uh, she would all his mom was a great cook and but she wasn't the caterer for their banquet hall she just knew how to cook well and she would always do a lot of cooking for the holidays and um I had asked her that she wanted me to make a few dishes to bring over to add to whatever she would make and she was like sure so that's when she started to taste some of my food and it was like okay well that was good what else you know how to make so I would just keep making different things. And then she kind of like went to her, her husband, which is my um, my husband's dad, and said, look, she needs to be in this kitchen at the banquet hall. Like, I really believe that she could do it. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And she was like, but you got it. Like, you can do it. And that's 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 how I got started. Okay. Okay. That's, that's actually a gift. That's a gift. Yeah. yeah. She she definitely like called it out. Like, you got this. Like, you can do that. And like, I didn't, I started off like not knowing really anything about the field, but I just had a talent to season food. Well, that makes sense. And I never went to culinary school. Right. It was just a gift that was, you know, kind of like pulled out of me. Okay. Are you are you to the point now where you do know how to make your own spices, like mix your own spices and put them on the shelf? Absolutely. I don't have them on the shelf yet, but I I, I aspire to have some on, the, on in the stores within the next year or so. Okay. Well, at least on your own shelf, they should there should be them. All right. Yeah. I I um I cook for a lot of people now. I mean, it's this this was 15 years ago. Okay. When, when I met my husband and his mom wanted me to start cooking for the banquet hall they had. That was 15 years ago. Have you uh, 
have you conceived any uh signature dishes that actually speak to who you are? Hmm, signature dishes? I don't know because when I ask people, everybody have like their own favorites. So it's like a variety. Um I'm not really, I kind of put my own stuff in a box right. because I know how to cook so much. I kind of condensed it to soul food, but I can pretty much cook anything. It's just that I don't choose to do it um, to make money. Like okay. I don't want to sell um, only seafood dishes or Creole dishes or Italian I just like, okay, well, I'll just stick to my culture. But if I want to do, I do it for my family. And sometimes people ask me stuff that I'll jump outside the box and do it for them. But I'm like, I don't, don't tell nobody. Like, don't tell nobody I did this. Because <laughs> I don't want to do it for everybody. Um, but yeah, I can, I don't, I can't think of a signature dish. I mean, a lot of people love my greens. They love the macaroni. They love the fried chicken. Right. So I don't know. I can't even think of anything that I would call my signature dish. I think that's a good thing. It kind of like prevents you from being boxed in. You can just, you know, experiment and, and really just give people food, you know, as yeah. opposed to get, having that one, you know, that's, I think that's the, that's the, uh, the root cause of a lot of people being pigeonholed because they, they have people that only request this one thing from them when you have so much more to offer. Yeah. right yeah I it's it's hard like my menu is so extensive like now that I'm operating um our own facility um like I really had to condense my menu because it's people sit at my desk and be like I don't know what to pick you know so I had to I had to condense it you know so that I can give them less options we were just oh. talking about uh options <laughs> Talking about how tough it is for certain people to uh, actually make decisions, and it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> question about that. Let's let, let's ask you this question. This question: Do you go into a restaurant like that you've been to all the time, like a McDonald's or a Wendy's, and do you have to stare at the at the menu for a while before you pick something? No, I already know what I want. That's the reason why I'm there. <laughs> that is very. That's listen. That's perfect answer. That's the perfect answer. So we were talking about it. And often you I don't I'm not in a lot in a lot of uh, restaurants like that, unless it's like a sit down restaurant. It's not a McDonald's. It's not fast food. So I, I go to when I am in fast food restaurants, I see it all the time. Like people know what they're ordering when they go to McDonald's, but they sit there and they go, let me get a. Uh, and it's like, how do you do that at the place that you've been going for 20 years? Like nothing's changed. Because they don't know, they really don't know what they want. They just there because they couldn't pick anything else. So they welcome still to McDonald's. How may I, welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? You know what you're gonna get. Like, why are you going? Let me burgers. get uh, <laughs> some burgers, chicken. fries, and nuggets. Like, you know what to get. I don't know why people do that. I definitely don't. Because I only got two things that I order from McDonald's, and that's their spicy chicken deluxe mm -hmm. and the filet fish. That's it. Boom. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it like you know you're supposed to know this okay so here go another question for you because we're going to be asking you questions for our, uh for the next 18 hours all right <laughs> what are three to four easy to cook dishes for the working person that you could subscribe 
um, three to four easy. Yeah. It's, oh, that's simple. That's spaghetti, um, maybe baked chicken. Um, I love baked chicken, by the way. Any kind of rice, like you can pasta, any type of pasta, I think it's easy for people to cook. I mean, as long as you don't overcook the pasta, you can kind of slap any type of sauce on it. Right. Um, fish is kind of finicky because it's a lot of different types of fish and they are different textures. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say that that's not easy for a lot of people. Um, Have you ever cooked with Barramundi fish? No. Okay. Keep on no, going. Where, where is it coming from? <laughs> it's, it's an Austrian fish from uh, okay. the Australia. Austria. I think. Okay. Mm-mm. Never made that. Maybe I'll look into that. Um, let me see. Well, definitely box macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Notice I said box. Yeah. Because the other stuff, the other stuff, you got to put your foot into it when you make that. It's different. You know, people cook that differently. Um, it's a lot of different ways to make back baked macaroni and cheese, but the box, it stays the same. Just boil it with the cheese that they got mm-hmm. in the pack and you and voila. And don't forget to add raisins. <laughs> don't don't forget to add what? Raisins. I was t- trying to uh, tell a joke, but <laughs> And yeah. no breadcrumbs. No breadcrumbs. No, no panko, no panko breadcrumbs. No panko. So um <laughs> when I was in when I was in high school, when I was attending uh horticulture class at Dusabu High School, my horticulture teacher, uh Dr. Hamberlin, he was explaining to us um, you know, just the, the various uh plant-based foods that we consume. He was saying like the way they affect us, you know, the the rate in which we consume them have like long-term effects on us. If we're not, if we don't, we're we're not varying, you know, our intake. And he was saying how poverty influences a lot of that. He said, he asked us, um, he he asked, just general question. Has anybody ever received like a food box or a public aid box with all the, you know, you got your dry milk, you got your cheese, you got your, you know, your, your, your food pyramid stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was saying how he asked, he said, how many of you guys remember getting a lot of beans? How many, you know, he was, yeah, you know, beans, just, rice. Yeah, we got a lot of beans, got a lot of rice. And he he explained, he said, the reason why diabetes and uh, gout is so prevalent in the black community is because we never varied our vegetable intake. He said, you can consume your, your, your dairy uh, if you're, if you're lactose tolerant. He said, but when you're eating things that are seed based, he said, seeds don't lose their nature just because you cook them. Mm. You, know, you have rice. He said, that's why rice swell up. That's why beans swell up and get soft. He said, all of these, he said, even anything that's wheat, all of these are different forms of seeds and their nature is to absorb, absorb moisture and excrete uh, amino acids. So a lot of people have, uh, you know, they experience a lot of, uh, diabetic shock and things like that because they've never really switched their diet up mm-hmm. and they on top of that they consume sugar on top yeah. of that they consume, a lot of that turns into sugar yeah exactly and right now and I, this always stood out to me he said our biggest problem is corn and corn-based products because that's yeah, our, that's, right our work, that's our export trash okay. you know so i said all that to say have you ever uh like just looked into uh a 
just I guess when you're creating your menus and you're putting your dishes together, like what what foods complement each other and and kind of like work to help break down. You know, again, corn is probably the toughest to break down. Yeah, a lot of those like we usually eat to taste. We like we like the way it tastes. Yeah. We like the way it smells, but we never really consider the combinations. Well, I was taught to cook a well-balanced diet, like you said, the pyramid scheme, the pyramid. So um, I raised my children. I'm, it's always a vegetable yeah. with every meal. It no matter what type of meal it is, I have. I ha it has to be a vegetable, and corn is not a vegetable. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So it's always something green and leafy mm -hmm. um, with everything else. Now, I know us as Black folks, we do cook with a lot of starch. Yeah. Um, we have so much starch on our plate. The The ratio starch to vegetable is, is out right. of control. Yeah. <laughs> we'll right. have mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, spaghetti, and then green. <laughs> Yeah, yams on a plate, and the, right. and the purpose of the greens is to help promote breaking that stuff down. But the ratio is like one, like yeah. six to one. Yeah, to one. yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's a loss. It's really yeah, it's really bad, and it's it's sad because we all raised up. We were all raised up like that, so it's like yeah. that's what we want. When it's time to eat Sunday meal, that's what we think about. Um, and it's hard to get out of that that way of thinking when it's been embedded in you for so many years. Yeah, it's the comfort food thing. It definitely is. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I think it's still easy. It's better when you cook at home, though, no matter what it is. It's better when you cook at home versus going out because everything is um, so processed and has all these extra additives in it. Um, when you buy things, at least you know what you're putting in it. Yeah. When you cook at home, you know, yeah. actually fresh. what you're using, right? Yeah. You use the fresh produce. I mean, of course, now they're putting things on the fresh produce to keep it to last, you know, to have a longer shelf life. But I don't know how we're going to get around any of that stuff unless we grow it ourselves. You're going to have to grow it. Uh, and you got this guy named Bill Gates buying up a lot of farming land uh, in America as well. So I'll let you know what he's up to. <laughs> you know what he's trying to do kill us yeah. like everybody else <laughs> yeah yeah this is the same guy that uh wanted us to take that jizz app for no reason you know what i mean but we gonna we gonna in particular <laughs> yeah and singled us out and told us to take it but it's the same person that can't keep a, a virus off his computers but we gonna move on uh do you have any uh funny stories about customers that have uh, been to your establishment hmm I don't really have, I, well, you know, our people are just our people. It's something happens, something <laughs> funny happens every day. I mean, but I do have an interesting story. Okay, let's hear it. Let's talk about it. I don't know if I can say this on air. You can say it. Well, I, I, I catered for Larry Hoover's birthday party. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing something about that. Yeah, it was like <laughs> six hundred people. It was like wow. six hundred. Like he wasn't there, of course. Right. I mean, but yeah, it was his. It was his actual birthday party. They were there mm -hmm. celebrating his birthday. That was God, nice. God bless <laughs> the old man. 
that was very interesting to me. I'm yeah. like, really? Like for a long time, like I had the contract, but I didn't know what it was for. How did how did you like discover that this exactly this you know this is who the customer base was? How did like what was your reaction to that? <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. Like, did I find? I think I may have found out maybe like a week before the the actual date, and right. um, I'll sit down with the guys who uh, booked who booked me, and they was like, well, you know, it's gonna be a lot of people here, and they're, they're gonna be very special people, and they kept saying words like, you know special people um these people are gonna be just um people that are that you're gonna have to really serve well and they was using you know things like that and I was like who are these people and what y'all talking about you know <laughs> it's like well it's 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 gonna be Larry Hoover's birthday and I'm like oh so the food is for his people. You guys are celebrating his day and the food is for that. And they're like, yeah. They're like, everybody's going to be here. Like, it's going to be, like, we we served, like, I think I had 20 people on my staff that day mm-hmm. because we served them family style. So that means we had to take the food to their tables. Right. And it was 600 people. Like, it was it was ridiculous. It went well though. That's an interesting was- number. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting number of people. That it was a lot of people, but everything went well. Everything was. I didn't. We didn't have any issues. Um, everybody got along. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that was the biggest. That was your biggest uh, serve. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did 700 after that. That would be my largest. Okay. There you go. See? So everybody was on their best behavior. Were you ever at any point worried about anything going wrong? No. I don't think you would be. Like, those are some disciplined men. I don't think people understand that. They were very disciplined, Mm well-behaved. No, they didn't know they were they were all everybody that were run, was running the event they were all older distinguished gentlemen they wasn't it wasn't the younger guys so no it was it was it was okay and no complaints about the foundational the foundational group yeah yeah, yeah. So those it, who it have been around cool. for a while yeah, are there are there any chefs that you ever pull creativity from, like the from these shows or these food shows or anything like that? Um, Gina Neely, I love her. Okay. Um, and it's so tripped out. I really don't watch the Food Network. I don't watch a lot of the food shows or any of that. Like if if it's a segment on the news while I'm watching the news, then I might look at that, but mm-hmm. I don't. Okay. I don't know why that's kind of odd. Not really, because it's kind of like with me and with me with music. Like I, I listen to people, but I'm really, it's really just playing. Like when I'm when I go do my own music, I, I I don't even know what the hell this shit is that be on the radio the majority of the time. Like I I go in my room, listen to a beat, and I vibe out. Like I don't know. You do your own thing. Yeah. yeah, I think that's how it goes though. Like when you're when you're existing in that space and it's artistic, you don't necessarily indulge in all the external stuff. You kind of like just do you. If you if yeah, something catches your eye, 
Yeah, because a lot of times it, it'll 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 leach away some of the creativity that you already have. But if you just want to do what you do and you want to do it at the at the peak level, just tune out and just do you. That's exactly how it happens. Just freedom. Yeah. I mean, I'm in, I like to cook at home more than I like to cook in my facility because I'm I'm more creative at home. I try a whole lot of different stuff here. Um, and, and my family, they they love it because they get to taste everything and they'll tell me, oh, do this to it or add this or try this and I'll do it. Or they bet me when they really want something, they'll dare me because they know like she going to do it. Like they try to psych me out. But yeah, I like cooking at home. Name this place, this establishment, because you haven't done that yet. What it's is the name of it? Signature Banquets in Markham. Okay. All Actually, right. it's the old Adriana's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the, the the website for it. Plug the website so people know. It's um, Signature Banquets. Uh, let me see. I got to look at it. This is a fun one. I'm enjoying this one. There's so much information. There's so much information. Yeah. You get you're giving me context into a world I'm not really most people aren't privy to that. You see what I'm saying? It's like when we talk about music to people, it sounds like we're speaking Mandarin. Okay. If they don't understand what it is we're discussing. So what you're doing is like you're giving us like a, a glimpse into like your world in this. You know, I, it's, I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I thought maybe I would bore you guys. No, no. Conversation. We like conversation. We don't mind having dialogue and conversation with people. So this is easy. Yeah. It's just all about the, the persons or people that you bring on to, to get that type of conversation. So I've had people on here that uh, can't hold a conversation at all. And those episodes will never see the light of day because it's you know, you're sitting there having a conversation and it's like, so how did you get into being a firefighter? And they'll respond like, oh, well, I went to, I went to school. No, no, no details, no, no backstory. Elaborate. No, nothing, nothing elaborate. No, nothing. To, it's like, oh, okay. Um, uh, have you had a situation where you ever been uh, a life or death situation? Yeah, there was a couple. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, yo, my man, so you care to uh, go into details about it? Well, uh, we had to respond to a fire on the west side. And when we got there, the floor was collapsing. <laughs> <laughs> and go just leave it there on a cliffhanger. Leave every sentence on a cliffhanger. <laughs> and, and then you go, so what did you do? It's like, I got the people out of there and we went home. I made it home that night. I was like, okay, so this isn't going to air. Appreciate it, my guy. <laughs> Appreciate it, my guy. You know, order okay, one. I finally got it. My daughter did my website for me. It's signature banquets events.webflow.io. Okay, boom. There it goes. Uh send that to either six or myself in an email. That way when we when this airs, it'll go across the screen periodically. Okay, yeah. All right. Good. All right. So here's another question that I have for you. Have you ever thought about doing nutrition programs for like a youth program or anything like that? Um, actually, I was right before um, COVID hit, I was approached with um, doing something like that from Aunt Martha's. 
um, Aunt Martha's, they have, um, I guess they have like a group home or something and they needed somebody to cook nutritional meals for the children. And so right before we finalized everything, COVID hit, everything shut down, so. Right. Oh, that sucks, man. You know, it took you away from doing something that would help and give back. Yep. It, but then, I mean, I got my place when I was in the middle of the pandemic, so it was perfectly fine. Like, I really don't have a lot of extra time to do outside catering. Um, a lot of my uh, old clients, they upset with me because you have to kind of like come to my venue now to get my food. Right. And so a lot of people are like, you, I need you to come and cater my party. I'm like, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> so you don't do it no more at all? You're hosting events at your venue? Yeah, I'm hosting events at my venue. Sometimes I do, like, if they can pick it up, I'll do it. But, like, I used to go out, take the food, and set up, and make it look all pretty and all that. I can't do it anymore. Is there, and as you progress to, like, you know, different levels of, of, I guess, or stages of success with this, do you see yourself actually expanding and doing that again? As far as, like... Um, Actually, yes. I am building a catering team now. So, because it's, everybody is still like, I mean, I mean, I get just as many phone calls for that as I do to for people trying to book the venue. Awesome, awesome. Are there things? Are there items on your menu that people haven't tried that you wish they would try? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, honestly, I don't think so. Hmm. I've been. I don't think so. I think like everybody, it, I mean, they they've gone beyond my menu. Like I don't have fried lobster tails on there, but like I have made them, you know? So it's like, they, they'll look at my menu and like, okay, well, I need 20 fried lobster tails. And I'm like, that is not on my menu, you know, but then I'll cook 25 lobster tails. I bet you that's a, a nice price too after doing that and, and it ain't on the menu. Yeah, well. I would run it up. <laughs> I would run it up like, what? It ain't even on the menu, but hey, you know, for an extra this, that, and the third, that's I'll help you out. I don't do things like that. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, it, I probably was way under market for what I charged them for that. Um. I don't know. But yeah, I, I do stuff like that. Like I'll do things that that that's definitely not on my menu. But I tell people all the time, it's not nothing that I can't cook. Okay. Do you bake as well? I can, but I don't like to. You don't like to. So what is it about baking that you don't like? It's very tedious. It's, it's down to the minute, the second. Like you have to do so many different things. Like you can't go inside your oven, can't open and close. You have to keep the temperature the same. And you gain if you off a pinch of baking soda, it might not rise as much. Like I don't have time. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So you can't help me out then because I'm gonna give you a backstory on why I asked you that. <laughs> I ordered through Instacart the other day. All right. On their on their list of food items, they have bananas. I pressed three bananas. All right. On Instacart. Mm-hmm. 
Instacart sent me three bunches of bananas. Mm-hmm. Bananas go bad real fast. I don't know what to do with all these bananas. <laughs> well, oh, you, can, uh, you, know what you, <laughs> you can make banana nut bread. Banana pudding. <laughs> well, banana pudding. Other than that, you're going to have to throw about two and a half bunches away. I'm going to have to make some banana smoothies. Squirrels eat them. Squirrels yeah, you can them. freeze them. If you're going to make smoothies with them, you can freeze them. Yeah. Yeah. They last pretty long when you freeze them. Yeah, like six months if I just uh, peel them and put them in bags and throw them into the freezer. Yeah. Especially if you're going to use them for smoothies. Other than that, when you unthaw them, they won't be any good. Mm-mm. That'd be trash. Thank you, uh, the young lady from Instacart. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you donating bananas to my life. And they probably were excited, too, when they saw an order for three. They were like, oh, yeah. man, we can like, get oh, ready. Right. All these fruit flies can get out of here. You can get bananas by... Uh, they come on a bunch. Yeah. So nah, if you they're not single. No, nah, you can get single bananas. At a gas station, you can get them single. At the gas station, yeah. They, so yeah. they had the bunch, they pulled it apart. Yep. They're going to sell it to you per they, banana. <laughs> correct. And they bought me three bunches of bananas. So <laughs> if the next time you see me doing this podcast and you see the videos and I'm yellow as hell with like a... <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a bump on the top of my head, you know, I'm I, I'm ripe. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, a lot of fruit flies around the house. You know, fruit flies live in the in the in a bunch of bananas anyway. Yeah, they do. You it's, can just bananas and put them on top of your pancakes. I don't eat pancakes like that. That's you know too much processed food for me, though. Okay, well, I'm one of those guys that like vegetables that we were talking about earlier. Okay, I love vegetables too. Yeah, I love vegetables. So do you have like vegetarian or vegan uh, uh, items on the menu? No, I do not. Shame on you. But, this interview is over. We done. But I can't <laughs> cook it though. Like I, I, like I had somebody call me. I've done um, vegetarian uh, meals. Like I do this vegetarian stuffed bell pepper. It's, it's very tasty. Um, I like to do um, the pasta. The pasta with just the veggies and maybe a lemon herb sauce on it. Okay. Have you ever made a uh, pasta out of zucchini? Yes. It's awesome. I like that. Yeah. This um, this this uh, the squash makes a good pasta too. The spaghetti squash. Yeah. Use a spiralizer. Yeah. You just cut it in half. Put it in. Put some oil on it. Put it in the oven. Bake it for about 25, 30 minutes and then take your fork and pull okay. it apart. Yeah, okay. then put your sauce on it. Boom, there you go. Give me the cheat code right now. Bro. There you go. Boom. <laughs> right there. That's what I told her. Like give some easy, uh, easy, easy recipes for people to make. So so they know how to do it. What about cooking or what about yeah, what about doing banquet or hospitality? What motivates you? What motivates you to keep going? I found a new passion decorating i'm love because i feel like i've mastered cooking like it's so easy for me to cook for two three hundred people because now i'm cooking for multiple parties at a time so if i'm having two or three events it's a hundred people in this room it's 200 people up here i'll be done with that in like four or five hours i'm done but it's the decorating that has me like yeah i want to buy this sparkly stuff and i'm gonna put this up and do this so I, I think it's the decorating. I found a new passion. Okay. 
Okay. Hey, that's like that's that's interesting that you say that though, because it seems like it's transitional. Like your passions kind of like leech off into each other and become mm-hmm. most people that's that's a level of focus most people don't have. It's like you can like a lot of people don't know that it's me decorating these this house. Right. I had my son like put this tablecloth right here and put this there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I'm decorating. A lot of people didn't think I could do that, but yes, I'm decorating and I feel like I'm killing it. <laughs> Cosmetology. Yeah. It sounds like you're enjoying it. It sounds like you're really enjoying it. That's I love it. Crazy. I feel like I'm walking in my purpose. I'm free. I make my own schedule. I do whatever I want to do and I don't do what I don't want to do. <laughs> I love you know, it. You said it. The, the, the one thing I'm always big on is uh, people finding their purpose you know, understanding what that means and actually moving and walk, walking in it. And sometimes it'll present itself. Sometimes you got to seek it out. And it yeah. really comes down to like what your intentions are. You got to be intentional. Every every decision has to be something that you you feel you can commit to good or bad, win or lose. You know, that's just a level of confidence. A lot of us in the black community don't necessarily grow up having. So if you do get it or you get the type of support required to actually explore those things, that's awesome. You know, yeah. I think we lucked up growing up where we grew up to have like the sets of teachers that we had. We our generation had civil rights era teachers like our yeah. teachers, you know, so they had they had a point of reference and a motivation. And that right they there did. is a lesson. A lot of these kids don't really realize the difference in that. Like they're like my daughter, she'll be 18 this year. She, most of her teachers are maybe my age. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So the passion to, is there. Right. It's not the same type of passion that our that our teachers had. Like they really pushed us. They they would not take no for an answer. Like we could not wouldn't accept less. No, they would not. They pulled it out of us individually. Like they learned who we was and they they found out how to motivate us as individuals and I loved it. It was everybody got the proper amount of attention. There wasn't like that one student in the class, the teachers just didn't want to be bothered with. If I remember uh, Mr. Sweat. <laughs> That's my favorite but, teacher of all time. Anthony Brown. <laughs> as, intelligent, <laughs> as intelligent as he was would always end up sitting next to Mr. Sweat. <laughs> every day because he had to talk back he had sure. to he had to challenge him he challenged him and on everything like, you know what i'm you're gonna sit next to me we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do something with you you know he talked i i honestly when i think about it and i talk to my kids about this all the time that his his eca system was strictly economics he was teaching us economics yeah he was yeah and we was we was on it i mean we loved it like and None of us. What was you there? Was you in the same class? Uh, did you start in seventh grade with him or eighth grade? Both. Okay, so you were there when he took us to his class to eighth grade. Like that was yep. history. Like yeah. he was like, I, "This class is awesome. I can't take. I can't let nobody else. Yeah, can't let nobody else get him. No, and it was crazy because you know how he had. You know, you remember how he had the classroom divided? In yeah. And that was like. I talked to my kids about it. It was like that taught me classism. It taught me economics. It taught taught me financial literacy and budgeting. Everything that he he whatever whatever his motivations were, because you know he fought in Vietnam. Okay. 
And I didn't I, know that. Yeah. But I, I, I did kind of with the Tai Chi came into play. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah, like everything, yeah. everything kind of like it makes sense. And it, I can see it in all like everybody that I interact with, you know, and I, I, I that I observe who comes from his class. I can see like elements of his, you know, his mentorship. Yeah, because we just- were fighting. We fought for the, we we wanted to change seats at the end. If he forgot, we'd be like, we didn't change seats. Yeah. Like we want to know what our scores, we want to know what our points was before we, we and before we went home. And then the other classes will walk back, we'd be in there scrambling. They'll walk by and see us scrambling, we changing seats and doing yeah. all that we had. So it was so much fun. Yeah, it was it was. It really set the tone for a lot of decision making that I have and, and the way I kind of like reinforce some of these ideas with my sons and my daughter. So I, I, it was, it's just interesting, again, just watching again, when I tell you I watched you and your posts and things that you talk about and even the stuff you tell us tonight, it kind of like reaffirms a lot of that stuff actually matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, did you have Miss Williams? Oh, yep. She right before then. She's the reason yeah. I really got into public speaking. Like yes. I, I I have no problem like standing in front of crowds of people and, and speaking. You know because I, she made us recite those poems. Yep. But I, it wasn't Miss Williams that had me doing Hey Black Child. I promise you, I think I was doing that before her. Yeah, I can think back way back to probably like third grade. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as far back as I can remember. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who had me doing that, but I don't know. But I was always in the what is the oratorial oratorical contest mm-hmm. yep. i was always in that so i think that's how they was like okay this is her poem only hers nobody else gets to say this but her yeah <laughs> all right so i have a question then because i asked these guys that uh on, on one on the episode that comes out tomorrow i'm gonna ask you how many black men as teachers did you have growing up hmm. Perfect segue. I definitely had the one in grammar school. Well, we had Mr. Cox, but he wasn't our teacher. We right, had we had Mr. Redman, which was was our gym, gym teacher. teacher. So yeah. he counts. Uh, so Mr. Redman and then Mr. Sweat. Those were the only two in grammar in elementary school. Okay, and had then, Mr. Lewis. He was the only other yeah upper, uh, upper class, but we didn't have him. So. Mm-hmm. And then in high school, and then you you say black male teachers or just male teachers? Black, black male. I think that was it. So a total of three. Two. A total of two. Do you think that there needs to be more black men as teachers in the school? Absolutely. Absolutely. We I need, think that, that representation matters. Let her, let her, let us speak. We need rep. We need representation from our men. You know, um, uh, we need direction from our men. Like our men need to step up and mentor a lot of these young guys because they're lost. They're lost. Very true. Like I'm, my son is now coaching, um, and he is. He has found his new passion. He loves it. He he absolutely loves it. He's coaching track and um, football at uh, Hansberry Prep. 
Okay. And I, I, again, I only asked you that because on the episode that comes out tomorrow, uh, I, I posed that question to the guys. How many black men did you have as teachers growing up or do you remember? And the most, I think, was five total six. Yeah, I mm. had five, five from, yeah, from beginning to end, yeah. Yeah. You had five? Yeah, I had five. How I many had, did you uh, have? I had the two in grammar school and I had three when I was in high school. Okay. Yeah, and that's because I went to do Sable right there on, you know, so, yeah. I think I had three or four, and the majority of those were in the South when I was living with my father. I had Mr. Carpenter and Mr. Clark, and then I think there was one more. And then when I came up here, I had one other teacher that was a, a Black man, Mr. Baker, who, who, who was my commercial art teacher. So I had him for two years straight. Rest in peace, Mr. Yeah, Baker, too. Yeah. Have, you, have you guys ever thought about getting off into teaching? I had did mentor work for a while, for like uh, 13 or 15 years. Like I started at one place and then I would just hop around because people would ask me to come help them out and come check out what they were doing, which I did not. I, I did, you know, I wasn't charging nobody to do it. I would just show up and, and try to help and, and coach or, or or just keep some disciplinary uh, rule going around, you know, like keep 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 everybody in order. But um, I didn't mind doing. I don't. I didn't mind doing it at the time. But here's the thing: while you're doing that, there comes a point where you start to say, "Man, I'm giving my time to these kids. I need something back in return." Okay. You know, and the little bit of money that people can give you doesn't add up to where I stay. And the way I like to live my life. And that's no knock on anybody for what they gave me. But at some point, you, you need something to reward you for what you're doing. Yeah. 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 The biggest good. reward, the biggest yeah. reward, the biggest reward is the young men and women that I've seen graduate and become lawyers, doctors, uh, professional basketball players, football players, and things like that. That's the biggest reward. But for me personally, if I'm giving up my time and I could be doing music or I could be on a date or whatever it is. Oh, I, I need something. But at the time, I, I it didn't matter to me. But you think about the time that you are given to something like that. And, you know, I, I could be doing other things to help me make money. So, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Maybe then you should start your not-for-profit organization. It ain't gonna be no non for profit. That word starts to bother me. Right. <laughs> right. Profit. It ain't yeah. hard. It'll be for profit. It's like the name of this right here. Um, so yeah. I had another question I wanted to ask you. Oh, yes, here it is. I don't have to remember it. Okay. Name three to five people you would love to cook for, dead or alive. Mm. And after you're done cooking, you could you get to have a conversation at, at this table. Okay. I'm I definitely would like to cook. I would like to cook for Michael Jackson. I don't know why he's the first person to pop in my mind, but I would definitely like to see his reaction to my meal. Um, that that's one. Um, you said dead or alive. Dead or alive. I'm going to say my mom. I would definitely like to cook for her. She passed when I was 19. Oh man. So so yeah. Oh. So I would. 
like to cook for my mom. Um, hmm, Mary J. Blige, that's one of my girls. So I would like to cook and have a glass of wine with her. Okay. Um, well, that's three. You said five, maybe I'll give you one more. This one might be funny. Luther Vandross. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dope. That would be dope to see, sit there and talk to Luther, man. I would love to have a conversation yeah. with Luther Vandross. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, yeah, I think those were my, that, that's four people. Hell you yeah. Know, I'd be like, like, I'd be like, Luther, when Whitney Houston tried to out sing you that night, man, I saw you, you pin your head back and laugh at her. You know, you hit that he he hit that note on her, and you know the, the whole crowd went crazy. I was like, yeah, he, he had to gain control back and let her know who she was dealing with. Yeah, he he has crazy range. Like yeah. he, he can do a whole lot with his voice. Now, as you know, we got I got to ask you what Luther? Are we talking about heavy Luther or light Luther? Yeah, of course it's the big Luther. All right, all right, all right. Of course. All right. <laughs> all right. Six, you got any other questions, Main? Uh yeah, so moving forward, what would you like your legacy to, to be? When people speak of you in passing, what would you like your legacy to be? That she cooked for dead people? <laughs> <laughs> I'll cook for Michael um, Jackson. I would like my legacy to be that I was a great mother, first and foremost, a great wife, and also, um, I want to leave a chain of banquet halls for my children and my family. Absolutely. I want to, I want to create generational wealth. So that's my awesome. Name. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I have a question. How long have you been married? Uh, oh, he's gonna get me. Uh oh. <laughs> Six years. Six years. Yeah. Okay. What does it take to keep a marriage going? Oh, a lot of forgiveness. A lot of forgiveness. Yeah, a lot of forgiveness and a lot of compromising and understanding. Com is compatibility a part of that as well? Absolutely. You definitely have to be compatible or it won't work. Does your husband cook? Nothing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> ah. Like I prepare the meat. Like he'll grill. Actually, if he's if he's at the banquet hall, he'll fry all my chicken. He'll fry all of my chicken for me. Um, if it's anything to be fried, he'll do that for me. Like all the dirty work, he'll do it. Okay. I like that. Give me a good oh, recipe yeah. on baked chicken. 400 degrees, you want to put your oven on 400 degrees. Gonna, um, I would say, I call it the trilogy. So that's seasoning salt, garlic, garlic salt, or garlic powder, black pepper on both sides. You're gonna um, put it on a pan, like spray your pan down, put it on there, don't add no water, don't add anything, don't even cover it. Cook it for 400 degrees for an hour, put a little butter on top and some chives and voila. Bong bong. Boom. Bong bong. Best baked chicken is going to be crunchy on the outside and tender and juicy on the inside. 
All right. So my question to you is this. When I wash the chicken, do I use detergent? No. <laughs> just just lukewarm water. <laughs> okay. I'm only saying that because I saw a guy, his uh, girl told him to wash the chicken off, and he actually started, like, washing, washing the chicken. Yeah. 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 He ruined the whole meal. She was so upset she didn't even know how to, how to even talk to him no more. Yeah, he, he's yeah. single now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the most valuable lesson you learned in route to where you are today in your endeavor with the culinary arts? The most, the most, say that again? The most valuable lesson you learned in your business venture. Um, the most valuable lesson is know your worth. Know what you're worth and don't um, underestimate or take away from your talents for anyone. Mm. Yeah, don't, never devalue yourself. Absolutely. Are you a wine drinker? Yes, I am. What are your favorite wines to drink? I mix a little Hennessy with mine, but. <laughs> that is not wine no more once you put some Hennessy in it. Well, actually, I was told that Hennessy was wine. You said what? I was told Hennessy was wine. It's okay. kind of made like it's not the same process, except it's aged a little longer. Mm-hmm. That's what I was told. That's why it pairs very well with sangria. Yeah, cognacs are made under the same processes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, name your wines, please. Sangria. I like sangria. Okay. I like sangria. I'm a I'm a red wine drinker, but I like sweet. I don't like the. the ah, wine. there it is. That's why. She, okay, you got to give me details because I was like, she yeah, keeps saying like saying. I don't like dry. I mean, I can do Merlot, but then I I have to spike it with some ginger ale. Like I can't. It's too dry for me. Um. Yeah, I I don't. I'm not really a Moscato drinker. I don't really like. I am not either. Like Hopefully one day you try something called Mayomi Pinot Noir and you tell me how you like that. Okay, but the brand is made. What is it? Mayomi. Okay. M-E-I-O-M-I. I'm going to look for it, but I do like Pinot Noir. I like that. I do too. And Riesling. Favorite meal meal of the day, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Definitely dinner. I say the same. Uh, I, I could snack all day. I can do some fruit in the morning, some, a couple of veggies with it, and then I can snack throughout the day. But that dinner, that's that's, that's, the, that's the key. That's the key to it all. Yeah, that's when I go. All right, this is this is what I've been building up for all day right here. All day. Yeah. I have to force myself to eat breakfast sometimes, but yeah, I I um dinner for me. Okay. All right. I don't have any more questions, sir. Do you? I think I'm all dry on the questions because actually, Aisha, you streamed your answers nice and well so that a lot of my questions were all answered in one fell swoop. Yeah, she did that for me on like four questions. I was like, you dirty, dirty. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at my list of questions like she answered all of those already. Yeah, that's why I was like, damn, she did like four of them in one. Damn it, man. I was going to ask her, where where did she go? I think it was one that I was prepared for. That you guys advanced. Let me see if I can find the list. So somebody told me this, and I was like, what? Okay. 
Oh, is the question what? I sent you oh. a list of questions that I had. Oh, okay. I thought it was my question that I, that I, uh, I emailed her. Oh, it might have been something else too. Then. Yeah, it was totally different. I, I told her I was going to ask her when did she start doing crack. Oh, it said, what's, what's a piece of advice? Number seven, Wayne. Okay. So what's a piece of advice that you received that you would share with any up-and-coming entrepreneur? Well, if it has something to do with, um, if they're an entrepreneur and they have something to do with like the culinary field or the banquet field, I would say if they're not taking pictures of your work, then you have to step your game up. Okay. All right. I, I could see that being, yeah, that's especially in the social media age. That, and if people they always they don't pull their phone out. Yep. And start taking pictures, you, you didn't do it. You ain't plating, do it. You're not plating correctly. <laughs> Your food doesn't look delectable. There's a lot of different gaps you have to fill in that one. Yeah, yeah they ain't enjoying what you're putting out there, man. Somebody told me that. That's true. Like, though. 2012. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> I'm going to make them take pictures of my work. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the this is the age of that. Absolutely, it is. Everything is video and phone and, and photos. Yeah. Everything. So right. congratulations on your podcast, you guys. I appreciate it, man. Uh, uh joining I, and sharing in the conversation. I didn't think I was gonna actually do it. And then I did it and it just kind of just took off. I didn't expect it to, to keep on going as long as it did. So I'm over 100 episodes and didn't even know. Really? So is this every Monday or how often is this? So I do episode every uh, every Tuesday an episode drops. You don't know what, who it'll be, but every Tuesday an okay. episode will drop. Yeah. Okay. But, well, mine gets chosen. How will I know? You will know because I will inform you. <laughs> you'll, you'll get a message you'll get clips to share and post okay yeah things of that okay. nature so how do you guys come up with um your guests how do you choose your guests randomly he's uh he's got a strong network of people that he uh he picks from i just had a random idea while i was at work i was just going through you know looking through facebook and looking at all the people that i know actually have a conversation piece somebody who has like a story to tell and i messaged him and i told him before uh i think i you were the first person i contacted but you were the last person to actually respond okay yeah and you know it, it happens that way but we have you and i had probably the most thorough conversation about it because you ask real questions most people are like hey yeah let's go ahead and do it no they don't know what we're talking about it had no background on it or anything so yeah it worked out pretty well and there's we have quite a few more lined up good i would like to um share it out with my audience and let's get some more viewers absolutely 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 ladies and gentlemen this is this has been another episode of Full Profits Podcast with our guest, Aisha Robinson. Name drop your place, your establishment again. Signature Banquets in Markham, Illinois, and Kids Soul Food and Catering. Bong, bong. And she had Larry Hoover in spirit <laughs> for a birthday celebration. I can dig that. <laughs> <laughs>
church. Who else can, who else can say that? Right. Remember, <laughs> right. Yes, sir. Remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness. God never puts you in the driver's seat when it's taken. We are done. Thank you.